everyone, and welcome to episode 121 of the Grand Prix show for coverage of the... Uh, see, it's not even midnight, and there's already... Whoa. I'm going to start over. That was a bug, but it got crunchy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 121 of the Grand Prix show for coverage of the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka. I'm Robin Warner. And I am Jim Lau, and I have a quick technical note for our listeners. Uh, as you... Make it quick. Uh, I, I, I was. Uh, as you know, we have we are no longer the F1 show. The what? Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, we have a lot of people that are still subscribed to the old feed at f1show.com slash podcast. Which and, is lame. Well, for now, that works okay, and you still get our shows. But that will change in the future. I think in November, that's going to change. So We please... have a envelope that helps ensure mass- that change. That is a massive-sounding envelope. <laughs> wum, wum. It's, I'm trying to be quick here. Oh, right. Uh, so please uh, visit funwithcars.com. Which is a great name. And you can just click you can just click on the, uh, the RSS feed button there. Uh, iTunes users will actually be updated automatically because there's some magic that happens with iTunes. But uh, if you have a, a Zune or Android phone or use other kind of apps or various different things that are not iTunes to get our podcast, please make sure you continue to get our podcast by going to funwithcars.com. And uh, you can click on the subscribe link there. Or if you want to manually By the way, in, what did you call it? Funwithcars.com. Dot com. That's awesome, and that's, I think, news in itself, isn't it? As of last show, it was, but now it is old news. Oh. Yes. Did we um, announce it on the last I, show? Yeah, we sure did. Oh, man. Um, so the feed address is Wait, just... Wait, was I there? Yeah, you were. Oh, you were yeah. across from me. That's Just like weird. you are now. Uh, funwithcars.com slash podcast is the feed. So please subscribe there so you can keep getting our shows. Anyway. Obviously. So we actually haven't watched the race yet. It is 11.43 p.m. at night in the Fun With Cars world headquarters in uh, the Detroit metropolitan area, and we simply couldn't wait. We're going to watch the race live, but we had to talk now. Obviously, there's the big story that's on everyone's mind. It's huge news. Michael Schumacher is retiring. No. Sergio Perez stole my McLaren seat. This is ridiculous. (laughs) The nerve of this guy. I mean, honestly, Kids it's days. one thing sober. Okay, I might not even accepted that. You know what I mean? That, like, that was like on the table. But it's you're like, sober, maybe, it's privateer, maybe. whatever. Yeah. I've got options. You were kind of holding out for the Ferrari drive. A three-year deal on McLaren. Really? And he's not going to fess up to stealing my ride. Honestly, I thought <laughs> I was over it, but I'm just not. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, the ride thief strikes again, huh? Yes. So, yeah, so the three things that have been announced. <laughs> you've got Schumacher is, is done again. again. You've got Checo Perez going to McLaren. Thief. I mean, and seriously. something or other about Lewis Hamilton. I'm not joking this time. Yeah. He really stole my ride. Yeah, well, uh, you're going to have to deal with that. I'm going to have to climb the ranks. You're going to have to go call your boy Ron Dennis. I'm going to have to go Kamui Kobayashi, but better on his butt. Can I say ass? I, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, so... But, yeah, so the Lewis thing, man. Yeah, okay, we should probably mention that. Yeah, um, so there's, you know, there's been rumors, it's, it's been rumorified for a while, but well, there's been a lot good of... good old Eddie Jordan. And, well, uh, and, I mean, even well before that, um, a lot of reasons why it doesn't make sense for Lewis Hamilton to go to Mercedes. Oh, of course. Uh, most of them valid, I think. Oh, um, extremely. So, but what it's come down to is the decision-making was that it, it was not that Mercedes came to him. It was Lewis and his management team, this XIX company that is his manager. Um, I think you have to pronounce it XIX Management. Or 19 or no, what is X? I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, that's 19, I think. Anyway, in Roman numerals. Oh, <laughs> 
19 management doesn't have the same. It really doesn't. It's really probably doesn't. XIX is better. Uh, so point. anyway, so they came to to Mercedes though. So it was it was Lewis's idea to uh, to make the change essentially because he wants uh, a new challenge. It seems you know his his whole career and even before his F1 career, just his whole driving career pretty much has been um, since he was 13. Yeah, affiliated with McLaren, um, where he was a you know young driver program when he was still in karting and then moved up through the ranks and then sort of was destined to be a McLaren driver and when he got into Formula One has done so and of course almost run won the world championship in his rookie year didn't quite and then came back the second year to win it just and, barely uh, yes but it, as close as is ridiculous as possible um and that's basically the question though is is that is you know Lewis Hamilton going to be remembered as a a one-time world champion that one you know had his one shot at greatness and it all happened right. and came together once or is this going to be the start of some kind of dynasty yeah, his career you know definitely as we got down to 2010, 2011, now 2012, it seems a lot more Sterling Mossy. You know what I mean? Where it's like everyone agrees he's a phenomenal driver, but he's just not being able to deliver and get the package. He's getting the wins, but he's not able to put it all together for the championship because it's like, oh, man, he really should be a multi-champion. But, you know, this move to Mercedes is definitely not a strategy to win more championships, at least in the near term. But, you know, I thought a lot about this because... At first, I'm like, this is ridiculous. This is a mistake. The McLaren team obviously wants him to stay. Uh, it's going to be a competitive car every year, certainly next year, for the foreseeable future. And that should be the team. He's got a great teammate in Jensen Button. There's, like, so many reasons. But the thing about it is exactly what you're getting at. He had to go. He Lewis had to leave, and I think he made the right decision by going. When... I was young. When I was really young, I got a fantastic opportunity to uh, get a job I really loved. And uh, I stayed there. Basically, the second I turned 18, I stayed there until I was 26 years old. And it was a fantastic job. And in many ways, I didn't really understand how good it was. So I left. And when I left, that's when I really understood how good it was. But it, I had to go because I didn't appreciate it. And I wasn't getting the most out of it. And it was hurting my performance and it was you know giving me more negative feelings about the position and everything else and wasn't there an aspect of it that because you started there when you were so young exactly that i think a lot of the people would keep you know remember you and sort of have that in your mind of oh robin that's a, he's that kid the kid yeah exactly yeah. and i think that and so i see a lot of parallels between me and lewis <laughs> no but seriously like to me there's a relationship so you know Lewis has been there since he was a kid, and I think the, he has to leave because he has to grow. When I left, I realized I realized what I had there, and I was upset that I was gone. But at the same time, I had to go to realize that and then be able to grow from it. And Lewis has to do that. He has to realize he has to be able to grow. He has to be able to be a new person as an adult in a new place to fully understand how good McLaren really was to him and to fully develop and grow as a driver. Um, I think it's unfortunate, but I think this was absolutely necessary for Lewis. And I think he will be a better person as a result of this. So I think he had to do it, even though it's unfortunate that it had to be to a team like Mercedes and it couldn't have been a team more like uh, Red Bull or maybe even Lotus in some ways. But Well, let's, we'll talk about that for a second. So I think... Um... 
that he you know had gone to Red Bull, and, but they've they've got their clear number one right now with Vettel. Uh, they already have signed Mark Webber for next year, and if the changes to start next year, then you know it's sort of that that's not really an option for him right now. And Red Bull has so many other drivers right. in the ranks and STR and the whole thing. Well, clear, but he was definitely talking to Christian Horner before they signed uh, Mark Webber again yeah. for the following. Year. Yeah, so there were conversations there, um, and then if Ferrari, you know. It, it would be working alongside Fernando Alonso yeah, again, but... and uh, you know, again, he's not the lead guy there. So it's like those those would be you know that McLaren where he is, which we said you, you know you, as you say sort of had to go. Um, it would be oh, can I go to Red Bull? Um, you know, no, not really. Uh, can I go to Ferrari? No. So we kind of keep going down the list, and uh, and so yeah, Lotus uh, another interesting option. Um, but they're kind of hot and cold. Yeah, and that's you know, but I think the you know what they were able to put together. Um, what the way the way it sounds anyway i mean with with schumacher's exit kind of happening in a in a timely way uh lewis has the sort of unique opportunity to slip in as the number one guy i mean they right. say it'll be equal between him and nico rosberg and you know we don't have well, any reason we'll to doubt that s- we'll but see i mean you know nico has a 5 year deal with mercedes and you know obviously has built a relationship with that company that they're very happy with and nico is german but lewis is extraordinarily fast he also already has a relationship with Mercedes. McLaren having, you know, Mercedes engines and being a Mercedes factory team until the last couple of years. So, right. you know, clearly clearly there's a big relationship there. And from the management perspective, you know, obviously there's a lot of commercial opportunities. Right. In our, in our last show we were talking about, you know, if, as a Ferrari driver, if you win and you get a, you know, you get a Ferrari for your for your winning. If you if you're in a McLaren now, you know, they just announced that P1 supercar at the uh, Paris Auto Show. Very true. That is a ridiculously cool-looking car. That's what you could win if you win a championship <laughs> at McLaren. Yeah. I mean, what do you get at Mercedes? I mean, there, there's some Mercedes, of course, that aren't too shabby, but nothing quite in that sort of hypercar-level, no, no, million-plus-dollar, you know, Veyron P1 territory. Um, or, you know, of course, the McLaren F1 from back in the day is, uh, you know, not a bad stable well, uh, I mean, the Ferrari of, of the world, you know. Right. Uh, so I mean, you know, you, you can have a. I mean, what what's what's hot? An SL fifty five or seventy five or oh, sixty five well, or whatever. An SLS would yeah, be the SLS would be the, would be the top tier. And then there's like you know, what is it? The CLK Black Series. There's a couple of like three hundred thousand dollar Mercedes because they're just all you know. So you could. Black. So that's not that's not so bad. I mean, you, you win the Lotus Championship and you know win the championship for Lotus, and it's like here you have an Exige and a Renault. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, I mean, so but here's the other thing, right? Remember when uh, Fernando Alonso won the 2006 championship? Yes, I do. And then he then made the decision he was going to McLaren. And you and I are both like, why in the world would you do that? You just won two world championships with Renault. McLaren hasn't been winning championships. Renault has. Why would you change? And he went. And 2007, the McLaren was ridiculously quick. The Renault was not. And he was he was in shots to win the championship again. You know, Mercedes has... Tons of money that they're throwing at the team. They have Ross Braun. They have other technical guys in there. The names are escaping me right now. But uh, they are also desperately trying to build a championship-winning car. So maybe in a year or two, this could be a phenomenal team to be in. Yeah, it it could. And you know, if Lewis can be part of that rebirth, then that is probably a much more uh, rewarding place to be. Than sort of showing up as this, you know, this fast young kid who just sometimes drives our car really well and sometimes crashes it, you know, to be able to sort of build a team around you. And it, it's funny, the sort of the, the parallels with Michael Schumacher, um, where that was that was the whole thing of, of, you know, 
how he was so good was you know, it was not just that he came in and drove, but he sort of built the team around him and galvanized right. all the people. And that right. was Ross Braun and those guys. And now it's him at Mercedes and, and Schumacher leaving. Um, but uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, you know, the one year that, you know, so the so Mercedes now, of course, is effectively, um, well, you know, of course, evolved from the Braun GP team uh, when that was Ross Braun for that for the one year that it was. And uh, and, and that was a championship winning car. Um only pretty much because it had the the blown diffuser at the time. That was the, right. the, the big deal, or the double diffuser, well, I guess it was, was. it was two things, right? They had the blown diffuser, but they also had effectively developed that car for a year and a half instead of half a year because the 08 Honda was so dreadful that they had ditched it early and focused on the 09. Yeah, and that car, it was really like more of a super, <laughs> more of a super aguri uh, platform and, and had, you know, like it was like started out as an arrows tub and then it was like, oh, this this weird evolution right. of it. And then the car that they made for the, the BGP 002 or whatever, uh, I guess, you know, the 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 Mercedes cars um, are really aren't evolved from that. It's sort of a new design. So this design, it's it's one, uh, one race in the hands of Nico Rosberg when yep. the tires were a little bit tricky and he just made some magic happen in China this year. But otherwise, it's not, you know, it's easy to look at the team and say, oh, this team had that success and they can build on that. But it's really a different car. Very so much so. They've got, they've got plenty of work to do. Um, and, and the other thing, too, I mean, what we've seen and what we've heard, and obviously we're not, like, in the inner circle, but this is, this is what's been reported, is that Jensen Button is kind of more of the development driver and Lewis Hamilton is just the ring, ring the ring the neck out of the car kind of driver. That Jensen Button was kind of leaned on more for the actual car development. So, if that was the case, you know, is Lewis really going to be able to step up to that side of the challenge and really be able to articulate very specifically what needs to change in the car from the driver's perspective to make it better? Yeah, he seems to be more of the guy that just you know can just go out and be blindingly quick. But not necessarily tell you exactly the details of why. Well, maybe this is all part of that change, though, is you know getting exactly. moved to this team where he's put in that position and 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 you know yeah, I work with Nico Rosberg, who of course they raced back in, you know way back in the day together. Yeah, and I wonder how, what do you do you think? Because I the other thing was you know Jensen Button and Lewis Hamilton did seem to have a genuinely good relationship, and it seemed to sour a little bit, um, you know, towards the end of 2011 and into 2012. But only just from the euphoric amazingness of the relationship before, and still seemed like a very solid partnership. Or at least that's the way you know McLaren presented it to us with the different sort of videos of them going through factory tours and all the different you know different things that came up in the commercials and whatever. So yeah, it seemed to be uh, pretty legit. I think yeah, maybe probably Spa this year was a low point for that when uh, there's one fancy new rear wing to go around and Lewis tle- tweeting the telemetry data and all that. Right. You know, which and it sounds like you know at that point. He had but already then, he'd he had already was, worked out deals and everything, and he was already on yeah. the way out. But and uh, he, I mean, even then, I mean, he was squarely putting the blame on his team, not saying anything bad about Jensen. He was saying, "I hope Jensen does really well." Blah blah blah. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, do you know what I mean? It wasn't. Uh, oh, oh, my teammate gets this wing and I don't. It seemed to be more of a, "Why did McLaren do this?" Yeah, type of thing. Right. So, yeah. the other part of it, I'm probably most excited about though i think is checo perez checo perez i i I, so all joking aside i'm not most excited about that i'm extremely fascinated to see what lewis can do but i definitely do want to talk about your i mean i know you're a sergio perez fan and i agree with you that he's been very impressive in the sauber at times um but i have to say i was a little surprised that uh not only they sign him but a three-year deal yeah it's that that's sort of what's exciting about it, right? Is it's it gets away from like the the STR 
mode of like, we're going to fire our drivers every year and start with them new. And then maybe they get something or maybe they don't, you know, and they sort of, you don't never quite ever get to, to fit in and try it, but it's a chance to really see a young driver showing some promise. And, you know, he's sort of had the chance at, at Sauber and, and has made some, some, you know, a couple of podiums, three podiums, I think, uh, with Sauber. So to put him in a top car is just one of the best examples of like, all right, Sergio, we think you're really fast. You know, it really looks like this. Let's, let's, you know, work out this deal. And of course it's a three-year deal now. Um, things can change, of course, with enough money oh, involved, sure, sure. but that the idea is that it's an investment in, uh, you know, a longer term partnership. And if this means that, um, you know, the, the the Mexican fan base for, for Checo Perez gets bigger because he's in a top car, maybe wins some races and all that, and that puts a Mexican Grand Prix on the schedule. That's in our time zone. That's somewhat local to us, just barely farther away from us than Austin, Texas. Really? That's true. Uh, and, you know, and we Depending love... Depending on where in Mexico, And we really love tacos. I mean, let's not... <laughs> we are fans. Lest we forget. We are fans. Uh, but seriously, like, the, uh, you know, to see him get to a top team and, you know, now he'll be working alongside Jensen Button and, uh, of course, Jensen being the senior and, and sort of lead driver there now with uh, his championship and, and whatnot. But which I have to say, I am proud of. I'm I'm happy for Jensen there to be the lead driver in a top team like that. And I, I wonder if that will. I wonder if this will help Jensen all to not to not be in Lewis's shadow. I mean, he really did seem to be an excellent counterpoint to Lewis and really to be able to be strong when Lewis wasn't. However, Lewis still was you know shockingly fast and you know Sergio. I have. I know he's quick. He's shown that. But um, Jensen has an opportunity to really be a fully fledged lead driver here. Right. I mean, the fact is, you are able to race Sergio Perez and win, and you know, and beat him. Right. So if if Jensen can't, then something really has. You know, I mean, obviously that's a sign to McLaren. Yeah. To know what to do. Right. To make things right. Right. Uh, so that. Uh, so. You know, that's actually one of the few teams, and not all the teams uh, have even committed, uh, you know, for drivers for next year. I mean, there's some other silly season stuff, but uh, so McLaren, the lineup we know not, we now know is Jensen and Checo. Kind of has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> we know the Red Bulls, okay, they, they're, they're the same guys for next year. And now, of course, Mercedes is Lewis and Nico right. um, together. Um, otherwise, uh, I guess Force India is the only other one where we know it's going to be the same guys, Paul DeResta and Nico Hulkenberg. Um, another way, and we know like Alonso is still going to be at Ferrari, but um, and Kimi is a two-year deal at Lotus. Am I? Nope, you are correct. Um, yep. And uh, and then you know Timo Glock, and uh, there's a couple other other you know Pedro de la Rosa staying on at HRT and so on. But basically, um, the seat alongside Fernando Alonso, we don't know who that's going to be yet. Right. You know, maybe Massa. But then, but there is that rumor I'm sure you've heard about Vettel 2014. Right. And that this none of none of what we've seen here changes that. I mean that that is that you know this this nope, swapping of absolutely. seats and Schumacher and whatever is all is all separate from that. So this yeah we don't you know it seems plausible but we don't have any big reason to uh, to think that will or won't happen beyond uh, what what the uh, the rest of the world thinks. But but for next year though um, you know we don't know who's going to be in the other Ferrari. Um, we don't know who's going to be alongside Kimi Raikkonen. You know Rogro right. has had some issues and done done pretty well and done poorly. Um, you know, Jerome D'Ambrosio did a pretty good job as this, you know, as the one race stand in when uh right. when when Rogo was out of the car, but I don't know if Lotus will pick him up or if he'll end up somewhere else. Um, you know, or anywhere. Right. Um Sauber now is two empty seats. Um, you know, they Kumi Kobayashi is likely to stay on, but he's actually not signed for next year. Right. And now without, you know, Schumacher switching to Sauber, which he said he's retiring, he's not going to Sauber or anything like that. Uh it's it, that is sort of a that is a good question mark in a you know, certainly not a top team, but a, a competitive team, a sort of mid-level team. 
um, there where you know who might get that cyber drive, and maybe that could be. Well, you say middle level team. I mean, they've they've had some brilliant things, and we have to say we have watched qualifying, of course. And you know, Kumui Kobayashi is you know in part thanks to uh, you know penalties and whatnot. He's third on the grid. Right. I mean, well, that, that car yeah, quali- I mean, qualified fourth. It's not like he moved way up. So, right. yeah, qualified fourth, and then Jensen moved back uh, to, eighth, to, yeah. uh, to to bump him up there. So, uh, yeah, so that that could be good. I mean, that could be somebody maybe, you know, a Hecky Kovalainen or somebody, you know, who's been a caterer for a while and the car hasn't really worked so well. If he could get into a Sauber, maybe there could be some magic there. Yeah, or... and I think I think Hecky is a little antsy. I think he was hoping caterer would have made more progress this year. Right. I mean, that was the goal, that they because they were 10th two years in a row and uh, – got into that Formula One, like, team fund that was worth, like, $30 million to them or something. Um, I think the hope was that they were really going to start solidly pushing towards mid-pack, and they just, they've definitely stuck well within, you know, the bottom three. And, in fact, uh, Ma Russia is now in 10th in the constructors as opposed to Caterham. So, uh, yeah, I think Hecky's kind of anxious to get out. Um, doesn't sound like Vitaly's going to make it much farther, which... We haven't yeah. heard much from him in a while, but yeah. then that, that's another big, you know, with the Russian Grand Prix coming online in the future yeah, and all that, I mean, you know, maybe there's more of a connection there. But anyway, so it does, there's still some other there's open, still plenty, open yeah, questions. There's absolutely. Is, uh, is the point. And, uh, it's just, so what do you think about Shumi retiring? Uh, the, the way that it came out, it sounds like, um, you know, I've heard some different reports from different interviews and, and various things, but and one side sort of says, you know, uh, Russ Braun and the guy said, you know, we just, he, he was going to tell us and going to tell us and he never told us. And we had this other deal going with Hamilton. So we signed it. So it's sort of like, not that he was pushed out. He certainly had the choice if he were really motivated to stay that he could have done so, but that it was sort of, he was sort of, you know, flip-flopping and not deciding and not deciding. And then eventually just sort of said, okay, yeah, I guess this is all changing around. They sort of came to him like, dude, you got to either, you know, are you in, are you in for us next year or not? And, uh, uh, and he's out. So, I mean, the his comeback certainly wasn't what he was probably hoping that it would have been. I don't know about that. I remember distinctly in 2009, he said, you know, if I could just get one more podium, just one more podium, then I could die a happy man. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you in know. Three an, years. Or an eighth championship. Would have been nice. But yeah. Or, just, you know, one of those. Whatever. I mean, I mean he's way. just with... I, penalties and crashes yeah. and the nonsense that's happened just in the last race uh and you know let alone um well i mean the first seven or eight races you know you're like okay shaking the rust off it's been three years blah 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 but then you're like okay the full season right like, and there okay. was and there was also the coolness of like you know anyone who's racing him's like oh he's he just passed the seven-time world champion right, like right, he's right. he passed michael schumacher right. like who had become this sort of legend having been out of the sport for three years and it's like that's the guy right there right. wow and this you know look look at vettel they're just dominating or whatever so you know, there was that part of the excitement for a while, but then, yeah, just after, you know, and then the, the first year, the idea was, okay, well, the car isn't really set up for him. So right. the second year, oh, this is going to be the Schumacher-developed car. Yeah, and it wasn't. And, right. Yeah. And this year, I think he's done the best, and it's still, it's just not, not come together. So. Well, and this year, I, I have to, I've said this in the past, and I really think it's true. He's had quite a bit of bad luck this year. It, it, it hasn't always been uh, luck. Sometimes it's been his own cause, but you know a lot of unfortunate finishes. And I think, I think that the stats don't reflect his performance. But it just does. It seems it strikes me as incredibly odd that he would have such a hard time committing again. And so I feel like there's something going on under the surface there that I'm not fully aware of. But 
I mean, I just hope that he's genuinely satisfied this time and doesn't feel like this aching to get back into the car again or something like that. Because really, it's it's unfortunate because he had just like this powerhouse of a career. And he still has this powerhouse of a career, but it now has this footnote to it, which is quite a bit less glamorous and awe-inspiring. You know what I mean? Right, it's just not quitting while you're ahead, so to speak. Yeah, kind of this... you know, and he, I really... He makes you wish that he just... Because I think had he had he stayed on at the end of 2006, he could have retired at the end of 2008 or 2009 and been very, very, very happy. And yeah. maybe been an eight-time world champion. Who knows? Right. You know. But, I mean, Ferrari had their own plans for, you know, getting, I guess, I don't know, the Kimi thing never quite, you know, didn't... I mean, they got a world championship out of it, so like, you can't say it didn't work out how they wanted, but as they far as... They got a world the, championship out of the first year. I mean, but the overall, you know, partnership and the branding and the way that it kind of, you know, the culture of the team and whatever wasn't quite, I think, what they were what they were after, but... Um, you know, so there is, uh, you know, so they're saying, okay, Russ Braun says that, you know, Schumacher could adopt a management position within the team and blah, blah, blah. And we've talked about that, you know, as a, as a driver, you know, I mean, to be that, that close to the, too. right. But to be like that close to the cars and not driving is almost more frustrating than just being like, you know what? I'm out of that sport. I had my fun. I'm going right. to go fishing for a while. Yeah, right. or it would drive me nuts. Go hang out with, the, go hang out with your kids or whatever, you know, but, uh, rather than, you know, deal with all the nonsense of traveling around every weekend and, and being all over the world and the time zones and the travel, and whatever, but not getting the satisfaction of driving. Yeah, it may be uh, that he just just disappears for a while and uh, and and so it goes. But so it's not not. A big, I'd like to introduce a, you to my brand new Michael Schumacher smoked salmon, the finest smoked salmon you can buy. I mean, from the, I, the dude's got so much money, right? Whatever you whatever he decides, he wants to mess maybe with. Maybe she like, could like maybe she create like his own like uh, chop shop type deal, like uh, like American Chopper or something like that. Because he's in the Harley's. Yeah, and well, stuff like that. why not? Or he can, he can like make wine or something now. Or just... embroidery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, like he could make his own vodka, like Jay Z and Michael Schumacher partner up, and we can call it like you know, you know, Doc Toon. <laughs> I don't know what the Doc part means. Uh, me, I, did, me I just either. added D Doc Toon. That's really what I did. The vodka. <laughs> nah. All right. That could be. That could be what Schumacher does on the course. Go, yeah. I think you've. I mean, so if you ever become an F1 driver and then retire, you've got that part just figured I've got out. It's short, and the fact that it's what now Sunday technically. I'm just. I'm just warming up, baby. That's right. So we we've got sushi to eat. We've got. Uh, we've got a race to watch. Yeah, and live. Then, and then we will. Uh, we'll. So we'll. We'll probably have. I guess our fans will have heard this after the show and after the race and everything. So I can't say we're, we're about to go see you guys online because we're going to watch the race. So we already have done that and, right. it, and it was great. I'm right. sure <laughs> time travel is hard, man. It is. It, it just messes, so it, with, it messes with your flux capacity. Oh, uh, one other mention. Oh dear. Remember a year ago, what we were doing it was episode 100 streaming this thing live. Oh my God. Yeah. The Bathurst, the whole, thing. the whole setup and the whole deal. By man. the way, there's no Bathurst going on right now. Is there, there is, uh, but the uh, speed is not doing it live this year. They're doing a tape delayed thing so they can make it not mess up F1. Yeah. Cause that seriously, that was, that was trouble. Cool. We were like, Bathurst is amazing. Bathurst is wrapping up. By the, yeah. Ba- hey, the thousand hey, kilometers of Bathurst. <laughs> Went from went from good to bad very oh, rapidly once yeah. they started delaying. That's F1. very funny. That's true that we we did go ahead and do that. So we're yeah here we are twenty one episodes later uh, having uh, a couple of off season podcasts and then all the uh, the rest of the the rest of the normal races and uh, new show name and new website and everything. 
And uh, who would have thought? Hey, man, we're doing our thing. Speaking of doing our thing, why don't we do our listener feedback thing right now? Because we have tons of it, and we can totally do it. Let's do it. Okay, so I actually have to apologize to uh, Bruno Edwards, who uh, wrote us a little while ago, mid-September. And uh, we could have and should have mentioned it in the last show, but we didn't. Uh, it was an oversight on my part. But he wrote, <clears throat> and I want to read the whole thing. Uh, including his phone number and personal information. Hi, guys. I've been meaning to write you for a while. So, thanks for the show. As an F1 fan from the UK, it is great to hear a US perspective, or that's us perspective, really excited. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> Delivered in an entertaining style. The section dealing with the lawyer's letter at last show was properly hilarious. Yes, we are quite funny. Your thoughts on the show's direction sound really exciting. I know a few F1 fans who aren't interested in other forms of motorsport. Not necessarily in-depth, but interesting, well-chosen pieces from Indy, Rallying, Endurance, Touring, slash NASCAR. Those are not <laughs> the same thing. And Road Test would be cool, and maybe the occasional people-to-watch-for type of feature from lower formulas or karting. Whatever the name becomes, I will seek you out, so keep on keeping on. Thanks, Bruno Edwards. Thank you very much. That's awesome. That's wonderful feedback. We appreciate that, and that is... A, gives us hope that you know we can move forward and you know we're already excited about the new thing and this is just more encouragement right i mean i can say yeah keep on keeping on is basically the extent of the plans we have that's i mean it. that's that's you pretty much our, our mo and you do yeah. not need to worry we will not have in-depth indie car coverage we will not have in-depth nascar coverage there's just not enough excitement and to, to what we you know it's just that's not our gig <laughs> um no there i'm sure are shows that you could find if you want to listen to such things but um I think with uh, as after in 2014, once the uh, American Le Mans series and Grand Am yep, hook yep, up, and, and that becomes a, a proper U.S. based endurance series, we or it gets ruined. A, I'm a little nervous about that. Could be that ruined, one. right? Because I mean, they didn't merge. Right. Grand Am bought LMS, but it's it looks promising the way the things. Anyway, well, we've already gone hoping. down a rabbit hole. But <laughs> we very much appreciate the note, and uh, and yeah, and, you know, if we can uh, help illustrate, you know, just interesting things from. You know, motorsport and beyond, even just other car projects and various things that, uh, oh, that we come up with. Things, yeah. uh, then uh, we hope everybody enjoys that, and we, we certainly enjoy bringing it to all of you. And uh, I also have a, another addition uh, I want to make for the last show. Um, we had comments from the Italian Grand Prix um, uh, where I asked people, "Hey, what would you like to hear from us?" And we had a few responses. Um, one of uh, one of the people that uh, took the time to comment didn't really get. Um, proper time, uh, that's Tim Fox. So I wanted to take a moment to say, sorry, we did not get to go through some of the things you wanted to talk about. But I did want to say specifically uh, that I actually really appreciate, this is the most clever compliment I think we've ever gotten, being called uh, F1 Methadone. I love that. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you got your fix of F1, and then you got to wait like a week or two weeks or four weeks or five weeks until the next one. So what do you have in the meantime? Little Grand Prix podcast, yes. Little Grand yes. Prix F1 with cars, whatever the heck we're called, to <laughs> just fill it right in there and and keep things going. And uh, and of course, yeah, the Italy stuff is uh, is sort of a couple of races old now. But uh, you know, we just we do appreciate the comments and the feedback and and coming up with uh, you know thoughtful questions to ask us. I think that's yeah, great. I mean, I I don't want, I almost feel like that should be part of our tagline. You know, you know, fun with cars Grand Prix show. But no, we can't say F1 though. Dang, right. We got a open gotta, wheel road racing in Europe and the world's methadone. Such to a formula built to be consistent with, with a, a, uh, a numeral. Dang, there's a 
racing. Yeah. Uh, also, anyway, but thank you to Tim Fox for that, and uh, we apologize we didn't get to your comments on the last show. And a follow-up from um, Josh Anderson, who, as you may recall, is the taste of the race, like, aficionado. Oh, my God. This guy goes He's big. He's like the Iron Chef he and of his buddies. taste of the race. So, um, and, uh, so, so, well, there probably will be a blog post out of this so that all of you will be able to see the, food, the delicious-looking photos of the food that he's made. But he's got an update for you uh, from uh, you know, mid-season where we were. So from Germany, there was Bockwurst and Sauerkraut, Wiener Schnitzel, Spinach You're and Cream Sauce, Potato me. Pancakes, oh Hofbrau's Uncle, Hackershore. Oh, I love Hackershore! With homemade Black Forest which, cake. Which Hackershore? Did he do Weissen? Uh Oktoberfest. Oh, I haven't had that one. In a boot! In a boot? This dude's amazing. Oh, is he that, Canadian? And that's just Germany. A boot then, what? Then Hungary. No, he's from... Uh, I don't remember where he's that from. That was a I joke. Think. It was a Canadian joke. Sorry. I I'm, I think he's from Australia, and I got lost in looking at the email. No, no, he's not Canadian. Oh, a boot, got it. Yes, a, thank you. But I'm see, I read it, so I didn't. I didn't. It's, your your humor is just lost <laughs> on me. You're just at this next uh, level. I'm of, just in the zone. Man. Can, is that what it is? Uh, and then Hungary is stroganoff and noodles and Belgium and Italy. So anyway, so there's wow. gonna be some more. I love stroganoff. <laughs> this guy's got to invite us over. Uh, yeah. Where does he live? Uh, Canada, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Which part? Is he in Windsor? Because that's not even bad. Yeah, we could we could pretty much see him. I can see Canada from my house. If you, know, <laughs> you may know. <laughs> no, don't go political on us over here. By the way, did you see the debate? Um, yeah, kind of. Okay, I didn't see it, but I was I was a bit disappointed. But I, this is that's definitely a rabbit hole. <laughs> that is definitely not going. But it is kind of world news. I mean, I, everyone knows what we're talking about. Right, but they don't come to us for political stuff. Are you sure? Yes. Mitt Romney, Barack Obama, blah blah blah. I mean, for Italy, he made three cheese and pancetta pizza, homemade gnocchi. All of this sounds delicious. Homemade gnocchi? Wait, that's Italian? Oh, I guess it is. Yeah, it's like a yeah. Yeah, no, pasta, that's dumpling that's guys. Yeah, I'm prosciutto not, and melon, caprese salad, tiramisu. Prosciutto and melon. I've never understood that because I've always thought to myself because it's delicious. Well, why have the melon? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I guess it's some you know something juicy to to go along that with. That just seems silly. More dude made prosciutto. dude made homemade mayonnaise for Belgium. I mean, come are on, you kidding me? No, I am not kidding. And did you know that I I this is serious serious quick story. So when I was like fourteen or something like that, I don't know why, but I had this like I'm going to make my own salad dressing. So I pulled out my mom's cookbook, and uh, and I was in the salad dressing section. Okay, it was very clearly in the salad dressing section, and I saw one that said mayonnaise, and I said mayonnaise salad dressing. That sounds awesome. So I went through it. I like, pulled out all the ingredients. I went through this thing. My mother asked what I was doing. And I said, this is what I'm doing. I pointed at the phone, pointed at the cookbook. And I spent like 40 minutes making my own salad dressing. When it came out, I'm like, why is this so thick? And my mom's like, you just made mayonnaise. I was like, no, 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 no. This is supposed no, to be this mayonnaise is salad, salad dressing. dressing. I was very upset. I didn't actually use it as salad dressing. But why would you even call that salad dressing? Because some salads come with that. With mayonnaise? Tuna salad, chicken salad, those kind of salads. Oh, but that's not a... See, that's how they get you. Yeah. That's... Freaking... He made his own mayonnaise. The point is, awesome. and there's photos of all this, including the boot and, uh, and the homemade cake and whatnot. So anyway, we're the... So if you... Wait, are... when did he make cake? Germany, the homemade Black Forest cake. We've been over this. <laughs> I, was... <laughs> I missed that part. That was like 45 <laughs> seconds ago. Okay, anyway. Oh, dear. Um... So visit funwithcars.com and check that out, and we'll probably put a post up on the uh, Facebook page about it as well. That. And and I must mention, uh, Lori Jordan's been keeping up on Taste of the Race, too, and she's been posting her pictures on, uh, on now, Facebook. Now, she is Canadian. Yes. So don't say any mean things about her, because she's very polite. 
That's true. <laughs> Wait, is that saying something mean about her? No, Canadians are polite. Is saying that polite? Is saying that because that is... <laughs> oh, dear. I think that's a stereotype everyone is okay with. I am... The, the beginnings of... Well, no, we've talked to Laurie Jordan. She is very polite. That's true. But the beginnings of slap happiness are starting to happen. We haven't even started the race. Yet. Right. Well, okay. Let's let's leave it here then. And but hold then... on. No, no, no. There's more things. Oh, I, I, no. I have a question. We got to go big on listener. No, no, no. I have a question. You have a question. I have an answer. Who is Karma? <laughs> Apparently, I think he's in the predictions game. Is he? In the, because I, I've never. Is he like a sub driver or somebody? Oh boy. Speaking of rabbit holes. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Um, there's a rule change that Ooh. I want to mention about. Yeah. I think you'll like this one. So I've uh, I've looked. I did some calculations. I talked to my statistics statistics buddy. So Damien is now going to score twenty points, twenty points, <laughs> double points for uh, every prediction made because um, f that guy because he's just not ama- as amazing as you. And you and I to make up for it so that it's still even, we'll each score half points. Okay, uh, that that makes perfect sense. Right for you. Being the kind of person that you are, <laughs> with the set of morals that you have, I, however, yes, yes. I'm with the fans, my friend. But if I I'm, don't, I don't change the rules but at if, random. But if I'm the only one that does it, then I should only score quarter points. You would say that, <laughs> wouldn't you? I'm, I'm, I might. I might actually change my predictions before the race and go karma, karma. That does sound good. Yeah, well, I think that the closest match there is Karthikeyan, Karthikeyan. So we'll take that. <laughs> That's right. And uh, put karma, that in. Karma, karma. And, you know, we'll, we'll go with that then. Yeah. I think some fans will be pleased to hear that. Anyway, what? Time for the race. Oh, okay. Thirty-one points for Jess Hobart. Jess Hobart. Oh, boy, man. Vettel's going to win three in a row, isn't he? Fuck. Championships? Yeah. Yeah, probably. But, okay, well, anyway. There it was again. All right, we are back from having watched the race. It is now over. It is also now... 4.09 in the morning. Right, and... (laughs) We are the Pirelli tires of late night podcasters. Are we? Yes, because when when we are when we are on and hooked up, we are on and hooked up. But once it starts to fall off, there's kind Falled of a cliff big. there. Yes. So let's let's see if we can stay above the cliff and not tumble over, and just kind of quite how far we can get with the uh, starting recording this part of the podcast at after four o'clock in the morning. And I'm actually feeling pretty good. I, I have to say, I am struggling. <laughs> Fair enough. So I am going to have to use my brain to say words that make sense. Okay, so we, we're already to that point. Yeah. Then. Okay. So uh, as our followers on Facebook and Twitter will have known by now, we had a, uh, some delicious sushi as part of our taste of the race, and and uh, uh, a couple of uh, vodka Red Bull, couple of a couple of Woo! beverages. Yeah, mixing uppers and downers to uh, to. Varying degrees of efficiency. Did you lose something? Yes, I lost the paper clip. That, is that important right yes, now? Yes, I enjoy playing pa- with that paper you have clip. papers that need clipping. No, right? oh. I fidget with something. Okay, well, this is this is this gone is, horribly this, wrong. It's, yeah, it's no, already falling apart. No, this apart. isn't good. Okay, are your papers going to go unclipped for a little while? Are we okay with that? <laughs> yes. So, Sebastian Vettel. 
just started this race and was in the lead. Oh, All so of the race happened. He stayed in the lead, yes. and then the race ended, and he was still in the lead. Dominant. I mean, it was 2011 all over again. It was very, very boring. But certainly impressive on his part, and uh, his performance was phenomenal. Up until he got on the podium and was asked a question by John Alacy, and he would not shut up. Which is the Vettel thing. Well, he had this beautiful ending where he ended by saying Dormo Arigato, which is uh, Japanese for thank you very much. And that's totally how it's pronounced, by the way. Whatever. Yeah. And... uh, and, you know, the crowd loved it. And they go, yeah. And he's, and like, he's like, oh, but also he's I like, have... Unfortunately, that's all my Japanese. So here's a lot more English. And it's just like, oh, dude, stop talking. Yeah. I mean, none, none of them cared. They just wanted to hear Kamui Kobayashi talk. Yeah. But... And as soon as he... And as soon as Kamui Kobayashi started speaking in Japanese, the uh, American feed just shut it down and went to commercial. Because that was... You know, yeah. America. Yeah. So, uh, but brilliant job by Vettel. But frankly, it was boring. However... How things unfolded on the first lap, first corner behind Vettel. That's where, not that's boring. where some of the yeah, that's where some of the interesting stuff happened. Fernando Alonso, so I don't know if it was ever confirmed by video, but you are suspicious as am I that Kimi Raikkonen had something to do with a cut tire which had a lot to do with Alonso losing control of his car. Yeah, it was right in just the uh the very very start of the race and I think it was uh I don't it's certainly nothing intentional but uh just the way that uh, Alonso's car uh I think is his right rear got to um Raikkonen's left front little wing end plate. I thought bit. it was his left rear, but that's what I remember seeing down. Yeah, well, one either of way. those it was either the left or the right, but on the rear we can agree. We agree on that. It was, uh, yeah, so a corner of, uh, of Alonso's car. And, uh, I mean, this this was, you know, this was a long time ago, back at 2 o'clock in the morning. Dude, so, uh, seriously. Yeah. yeah. We need to be concise now. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so it, it looked like just a tiny little touch, but enough that it made the tire flat. And so as soon as Alonso went I mean, for the well, it's right-hander. cold tires and cold tires, very beginning of the race. Yeah, so it would take less at the very beginning than it would once everything's warmed up and operational and good to go. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure. I mean, I feel like if the tire's under more pressure, then maybe it'd be easier for it to uh, to get sliced down and get punctured or whatever. Oh, than, is that what you meant? I thought I you meant know. the tires were colder, so it was easier to lose control of the car. Well, either way, he lost control of the car. Spun out into the uh, into the gravel, back onto the track, facing the wrong way. Yes. Uh, miraculously, no one crashed into him at this point, um, but then got sort of head went in getting st- trying to get spun back around, was back off the track, and then was beached. So it was a, quite a... Uh, quite a opening lap, if you can call right. it that, opening corner for Fernando Alonso. But it meant that he was done uh, and yeah. actually uh, not quite qualified dead last. And Nico Rosberg also was off track at this point. Right. And, uh, but it's worth the equal number of points being 23rd to 24th. So ultimately it doesn't matter in terms of championship contention. Right. So that, that made it wide open uh, for the rest of the race, which was as we said, dominated by Vettel. Um, so it definitely has tightened things up in the championship, and that's kind of a fun takeaway from this, but yes. uh, certainly not what Ferrari wanted right. out of their guy. And unlike uh, Alonso's last very early retirement in Spa, this one did not include um, the rest of his uh, main contenders at the time. So Vettel was really his biggest threat, and Vettel's the one that came on, went on to win the race. So uh, clearly... Uh, that is a lot more stress for Alonso than last time. Um, however, that wasn't even the only crash that happened in turn one. Because, of course, Romain Grosjean was in this race. Yes. <laughs> um, and I 
I have to think. I think the person that couldn't be happier about this more than anybody else on the on the planet it has to be Pastor Maldonado. Oh, I thought you said like, Jerome D'Ambrosio. Like, see, see. Yeah. And I mean, frankly, I'm still, I still think that the penalty that Romaine got in Spa was harsh, and I think this was really a racing incident. And I think uh, the speed announcers were actually defending Romaine a little bit, and I think I have to agree with them that, you know. Weber certainly wasn't trying to do anything on purpose, but I think Weber had slowed way up, and it wasn't unreasonable for Romain to be on the gas. Was it avoidable? Well, I mean, theoretically, yes. But uh, it wasn't like, in my opinion, it wasn't like Romain was grossly negligent to end up hitting Weber the way he did. Throwing out legal terms there, wow. Yeah. So... The result, though, was yeah, a 10-second stop-and-go penalty, which, uh, you know, during a race, uh, you have to just come into the pits, sit there for 10 seconds, and, and go out. I mean, that's a pretty uh, pretty serious amount of time. It put uh, Grosjean basically near the back of the grid. He was dead last for, for a number of laps, worked his way back up, but eventually, with just a couple laps to go, ended up retiring the car. Um, so, presumably, there was some problem that, you know, they wanted to be able to change a gearbox or whatever without right. a penalty for the next race. So, definitely not the race that Grosjean wanted. Um, and then, and then Weber was the other casualty in that. So it was, it was, you know, Grosjean to you know, crashing into Weber. Um, so Weber pitted to, uh, uh, get, get a new nose and, and a tire change and all that. He was dead last for a couple of laps, uh, worked his way back up through the field. And, uh, let's see. And you, of... So you mentioned, you mentioned Rosberg already, correct? So Rosberg and Alonzo done right away. And then Weber, uh, was also done right away. And then I thought there was a fourth guy. Uh, no, nope. maybe not. But well, eventually, Karth Kane was out, and uh, but there well, was Sergio well, Perez was the other the other big Sergio Perez, yes. And uh, so what I, what I can say about that, I mean, it's it's a shame because you know we were just talking about Sergio Perez just a minute ago as uh, our for our podcast <laughs> listeners, right? Again, it's time travel, um, but uh, that you know he he sort of misjudged a corner, break too, uh, you know, just got onto the brakes too late, but. Avoided crashing into Button, who was right in uh, was it Button or Hamilton? He was right behind at that point. I think he'd he'd gotten around Hamilton. One of them, which was sort McLaren. of a nice moment, right? Having uh, you know Perez in the in the you know past Hamilton um, for I think not the last time, especially where they're moving to next year. Um, but uh, he he lost it. But he he you know he ended up having to sort of throw his car off track. And, and of course, at the time doing that, he didn't know if he'd get stuck or not. But it was sort of. A, a massive move to avoid crashing into someone. Sure. As opposed to Michael Schumacher in Singapore, where he just locks it up. And there, granted, there's fewer places to go in Singapore, but you know, just you know, completely crashes the car into the guy in front of him. I mean, we've seen that several times where someone loses it and just knocks into someone, and they can apologize and oh, that was my fault and sorry, blah blah blah. But um, so Perez did have, you know, he you know had a mistake, but it at least had the presence of mind to uh, you know move around and not not knock someone else out of the race as well, which uh, is. Uh, always a good way to go, especially if it's you know the team you're going to drive for next year, and uh, not, uh, not to piss true. them off from the go get. That is true. Although he's already got he's already got the three year deal, I guess he doesn't need to worry so much. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think one person that did not get himself in any kind of trouble and had, we did you know a strong, reasonable job, uh, Felipe Massa, driving for his career, as it's been said several times. It's a bit cliche, we admit. Um, but <clears throat> this was a solid performance. This wasn't even a, well, he did well um, when you don't compare him to Alonso. I mean, no, he was on the podium. He was in second place. 
That's a great result for him. Something he desperately needed. He hadn't been on the podium in a couple of years. I mean, he started 10th, too. Qualified 11th, but moved up because of because uh, of penalties. Um, so, other people's penalties. So, I mean, it was aided, I would say, by the fact that Weber was, Completely. was brought down, that Alonso was out, you know, blah, blah, blah. But still, I mean, to be able, you know, and, and as we were talking about uh, during the race, you know, it's like, oh, he's in second. Uh, he's not, nowhere near, you know, no way he's lucky enough, you know, he's, he, there's something's going to happen, something's going to go wrong. But no, he held on to second and, and was able to uh, keep he, it going. He had pit stops that he completed successfully. Mm-hmm. There were other cars on the track that he didn't run into. I mean, yes. He did all the things. He checked all the boxes today. I and, believe uh, so. And it, well done. And uh, also, you know, you know who we didn't hear about today at all? Pastor Maldonado. Another race. Yes. Didn't break anything. I mean, started twelfth, finished eighth, got a couple of points. Not a bad way to go. I, poor guy is overblown. I mean, you know, Senna was a lot more crashy this weekend than he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, the other thing we need to talk about that's important for this race is uh, the championship. Now that this race is over, mm-hmm. um. For a long time, in the middle of the season, a lot of people, very prematurely, were like, oh, Alonso's got this in the bag, blah, blah, blah. It was too early to say that, but you know, he could still play it cautiously and then make something happen. But now, you still have five races to go, and he is four points ahead of a car that's faster than his. Yeah. Not looking good. Right. Yeah, we've got uh, Korea... Um... Just next week, actually, and uh, and then yeah, then in, then uh, so Korea, India, Abu Dhabi, U.S. Grand Prix, and Brazil, and that's that's a lot of races. And the Red Bulls aren't really weak in any particular area, uh, especially now that they've got this uh, sort of double durs thing going that uh, helps them get more out of their uh, out of their DRS. So for qualifying, whatever that helps them get to the front, which just always is always is good. And uh, yeah, so it's it's 194 points now uh, that uh, Alonso has, um, which of course didn't increase by any today. And then uh, Vettel is just four points back, and then it is a pretty big jump uh, back to Kimi Räikkönen, 157 points for him. So uh, what is that? 36 points behind. Yes, but there is supposed to be a major upgrade package. points. There was supposed to be a major upgrade package coming on to the uh, Lotus for Korea, which is in a week. So. If that improves the car like they're hoping and Raikkonen can be competitive and also Vettel stumbles a little bit with luck, I mean, it's still very possible that Raikkonen could make something happen here and still be in it. Also, Lewis Hamilton is only five points behind Raikkonen, and Lewis Hamilton, for whatever reason, just... I think Hamilton was partially bogged by uh, Raikkonen actually having that spin in Q3, and kept Hamilton from really showing his full uh, cards. Well, he's already made a late setup change that just was wrong. Okay. Like they were just, oh, let's try this, and then that just was not the right thing to try. But I, there's no reason to think that Lewis Hamilton won't be um, competitive again very soon, and also able to make up a lot of points. Uh, Jensen Button, Mark Webber, those are definitely much more outside chances at this point. But I wouldn't rule them out either. Who I will rule out, I will rule out Nico Rosberg. Uh, that's who I will rule Nico out. Nico Rosberg in seventh and below, which is uh, everyone else in the, uh, <laughs> in the field. <laughs> Nico Rosberg and below, which is 
everyone else. These and many other wonderful insights you can get at 4.22 in the morning from the F1 show. Yeah, I mean, I think really probably it's it's a two-guy affair at this point. It's Alonzo or Vettel, and it's, you know, seems much more likely looking at the sort of points trajectories that uh, Vettel will be able to make up that four-point gap and go on and do well. But, yeah, more you know, more conservatively, yeah, four guys. It's, you know, possibly Reichen or Hamilton in there as well. And uh, we will see how that goes. But this definitely uh, is a big, big swing in points uh, for just max points for Vettel and zero for Alonso. And uh, also messes with some people's predictions as well, I'm sure, with anyone uh, with with uh, Hamilton predictions being saddled by a poor qualifying and uh, Alonso predictions, anyone who had Alonso for the win getting a lot of points today. So, uh, let's see how those shake up. Shake, shake up, stack up, shake down. No, stake, stake up. Shake, yes, let's see shake down. how those stake up. Stake it. <laughs> so, clearly, uh, gearbox changes are nobody's friend here. And uh, five-spot penalties that go along with them never help. Uh, certainly, that hampered my efforts just a little bit here. Uh, you, sir, had Sebastian Vettel to be on pole and Lewis Hamilton to go on to win the race. I had Jensen Button to be on pole and Jensen Button to win the race. And Damien, the evil, evil statistical model, had Lewis Hamilton on pole and Sebastian Vettel to win the race. So, you, sir, dun da 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 won again. That's twice yeah, in a row. I like it. Uh, Sebastian Vettel indeed was on pole and by a healthy margin. Uh, certainly helped in, by that double DRS you mentioned earlier. And uh, Lewis Hamilton did not win the race, but he did finish it in fifth, giving you a grand total of four points. Uh, Jensen Button started in eighth. He was third on the grid, but then five-spot penalty screwed him up and then finishes fourth. That was seven and the three points make ten. And uh, Lewis Hamilton had a terrible qualifying of ninth, um, but Sebastian Vettel did go on to win the race. That's eight points for the statistical model. Damien. Uh, grand totals now put you in the lead with 144 points. I now have 151, and Damien is well behind with 228. So in a uh, so that's just between the three of us. But comparing to our fans as well, because uh, even just moments after the race has ended, the uh, predictions app on uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com/fwcars, uh, has been updated. the uh, The automated system is working brilliantly. Uh, so. Um, I now am, we're both in the top ten. I am in eighth place among our wow. fans Ooh. with my 144, and then uh, and then you're tenth place with 151. Lovely. And uh, Damien is in 27th spot. So uh, we've got a good margin. Go go team human over <laughs> uh, over the spreadsheets on this one. Although I know, and that's that's as much as anything why I dread when Vettel starts doing really well. It's because it's like I don't want Damien to start getting lucky again. That's not right. Right, but. That said, we can we can be just as simple minded and uh, we have such an advantage over Damien that uh, we can we can still oh, we beat can him. Definitely phone it in, but but that's not our style. That's no. not very human of us, is it? Well, to be crafty. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Because Damien has has no idea what we're going to predict, right? But we have we know what he's going to predict. So it's that is team human. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just I'm not sure that Vettel Vettel is that bad of a prediction. I guess I know, is, that's is the, what I'm, I'm saying. I mean that's the problem. I think for pole position, I just I you know, I don't see that going another way. Um I'm so I'm I'm putting Vettel for pole again. Oh dear. Okay. But 
I, I mean, I hate to. I guess I hate to match the Damien prediction, but if I'm going to predict what I think is actually going to happen, I'm I'm going to go Vettel Vettel. Oh, you're going to match. You're going to match. I'm just know? I'm just going for it. Here's what you're missing. Felipe Massa is amazing. Lewis Hamilton mm-hmm. is freed from the burden of worrying about this whole keeping his mouth shut about the new contract, about what's going to happen with the future. So now he can be relaxed and really go for it. And I think that his performance as of late does not represent what the car is capable of. I think Lewis Hamilton uh, was still in a position to be very, very competitive in Japan if it weren't for a couple little things. And I don't see any reason why he can't go out and be on pole in Korea and go on to win the race. Ooh, there you go. I'm going uh, Hamilton, Hamilton here. So you are putting your eggs in Hamilton's basket. Yes. All right. Yes, I am. (laughs) I was about to say something inappropriate that time of night. Didn't say it, though. Egg in the basket So, you know, it's it's just a shame because uh, this race wasn't terribly amazing. Uh, It was really exciting. I love this track, but it just didn't, you know... Just didn't. There was some really great stuff, and Jensen Button trying to t- take away Kamui Kobayashi's podium, but Kamui had nothing of nothing of it. That was cool. There were definitely some cool elements, but just you know, didn't really get us going. And now it's like, oh man, it's so late. It is so late, and I'm so old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't envy you in the fact that you have to drive home after this. But uh, yeah, so the hardest races to podcast are the ones that we watch live and 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 comment on live. Um, like, you know, being on, on Twitter and Facebook and all that, that's a, definitely a more engaged experience for the race, but it's actually harder overall to sort of, you know, after sitting down after the fact and remember what was right. interesting about it. Cause it was sort of this constant activity, whether it was right. the race or whether it was following up with the and stuff. And you tend to focus on the race a lot less because you're focusing on the interaction with people during the race. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, we've got, uh, lots of things going on, uh, don't forget that we are uh, Fun With Cars, part of the Fun With Cars, EmpireFunWithCars.com, and uh, that that relates to Facebook and all these other things, Twitter, all that. Um, we also have a YouTube account. You should definitely check that out, uh, where we have still our growing in popularity uh, video of the Port Imperial Street Circuit, um, where people are still finding that. So uh, click on that, check it out, if that race does indeed happen you will get to see where it will happen and how and uh all the other amazing things and i do believe uh we will be back uh next week in korea right your your schedule is open i'm good yeah but you're racing aren't you maybe i don't know it's <laughs> you know the, the depends when owner, the car breaks yeah the team owner for this one you know he's very an, he's a very optimistic fellow but you know, the car doesn't always follow his optimism does that make sense? It does. Knowing that guy in that car, yes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> so I, 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 presumably next week you will hear from us at a reasonable time. Ooh, ooh, Korean barbecue though. That is another tasty one. Ooh, and then Indian. Oh, dude, yeah. There's some. There's some. There's, oh. The season ends really pretty strong, and then you got the barbecue Grand Prix, and then Brazil. Oh, it's yeah, it's oh. good. I'm digging it. Yes. Not to mention, I mean, you know, Middle Eastern food. I'm all about the. I'm all about the shawarma and pita and hummus and all that fun stuff too. So where's where's, where's, the, where's that one? It's right in the middle after India, the Abu Dhabi, man. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Rosewater. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, is that yes. what you're going to name your sled, and then you can be old? <laughs> Rosewater. 
<laughs> yes. Yes, we got a Citizen Kane reference in there. All right. Oh, it, is t- it is time to wrap it up and uh, go to bed, or in your case, drive home. Yes. And uh, I'll, yeah. Anyway, uh, I am Jim Lau. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Visit funwithcars.com in the meantime and update your podcast feed, please, so that you can continue to get our brilliant shows. And I'm Robin Warner. Whenever you go to bed, try to sleep in clean sheets. <laughs> Turn it off. I'm done. Turn it off.